Good morning, everyone. Kevin here from Skywatcher, and welcome to another episode of the What's Up webcast here at Skywatcher. And if you've never joined us on these webcasts before, they take place every Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific, here on the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. So we are very excited to have you all here today. Um, much appreciated taking the time out of your schedules to uh, join us. And uh, this week we're going to be checking out a uh, wide variety of books and um, literature and stuff like that that we can actually see and use for astronomy. So, sorry about that. I've got an echo going on somewhere on my side. All right. So when we're doing astronomy out in the night sky, a lot of times we're using our phone nowadays. Um, a lot of stuff has obviously been condensed down into apps and all kinds of fun things that we can get on our phone. And that's all well and good. It's convenient. It's easy to use. It allows us to have, you know, a wide variety of equipment in our, to our disposal. Let me get rid of this. Sorry about that. Sorry, some technical glitches this morning. Um, anyway, um, books are a great thing to have when you're doing astronomy. And the nice thing about books is it's something that you can always relate back to, do some research on it on any objects that you might have. And we have a lot of people who actually uh, come to us and they're wondering what a good accessory um, is gonna be. Let me get my sound up real quick. There we go, the sound should be better now. Sorry about that, guys. If I'm having any sound problems, just let me know and I'll go fix that. So um, that being said, so, Today we're going to be focusing on books, charts, literature, other astronomy related uh, books that you can actually find. And what's cool about a book as opposed to an app is it's something that you can always go to um, and just kind of disconnect yourself from the electronic world and do some research. And what I really like about books is they can be a good collection of information if you're wanting to take your observing skills to the next level. Um, having a good atlas or something to relate back to can be a very nice thing to have in your lineup. And we have a lot of beginners that come to us and of course the question always is, what is a good accessory I should get with my telescope for my first telescope? And you know, a lot of times what comes up is eyepieces or filters or maybe like a an improved finder or you know the general stuff but having a good book to aid in your understanding of how your telescope works and how the night sky works and basics of all of that um, is a great accessory to have and almost a must quite honestly and I know a lot of people feel they don't have time to read through but a lot of the books that we're going to cover today are reference material. So it's not one of those that you're going to sit down and read it from cover to cover. Uh, you could. I have a lot of friends who have. But it's something that you can go back into a certain section and reference different things. So having a good book 
is especially nowadays is vastly overlooked and it's unfortunate because there's so many good books out there um, I have only a couple here with me today a lot of my books are still in storage which I need to dig them out um, but all the books that we're doing today I've worked with and they've done really well for me and my observing needs um, and hopefully they do well um, and may be worth picking up for you so let's get started in that so we're gonna start this from the basic books and move our way up into more advanced um, uh, literature as we get on uh, throughout this. So uh, any people who are joining us, the first section is gonna be all about beginner books. And you know, if you just got your first telescope, you have no idea what you're doing, um, or maybe you do and you need some assistance behind that, uh, these books in this section are really going to be probably our biggest recommendations for that. Uh, so the first one, and all these are very famous books. Um, if you Google what book should I get for starting astronomy, a lot of these are going to pop up. Um, so for, for very good reasons. Uh, the first one, of course, is Turn Left at Orion. Um, this is written by Guy. Uh, I know I'm going to beat up Guy's name last name, but Khan... Mongo um, and Dan Davis. Uh, if you've never heard of Guy, um, probably know him brother is Brother Guy. He is the current head of the Vatican Observatory. And this is uh, a gentleman I hope to actually get as a special guest on here for one of our uh, end of the month um, uh, special guests. Um, Guy is a very cool person um, and the fact that he runs the Vatican Observatory and he's a specialist in meteorites and stuff like that. Um, he, he has a very nice way of bringing things down to a very digestible level when it's talking about astronomy. So he wrote this book a while ago. Um, this is the fifth edition uh, that's out right now. I'm going to make myself a smaller today because there we go make myself a little bit smaller. Uh, so this is an amazing book if you're just getting started in astronomy. And this covers the basics of the night sky, like constellations and um, what you can basically see. Uh, this is like a must that you should look into if you're new to the night sky. Um, and it explores much of the, the basic objects. And a lot of these can be viewed in telescopes under 10 inch actually pretty much everything in there, but it breaks it down by the season, um, by certain months. So it's really easy. So what's cool about this is if you're getting a telescope for someone for the holidays, which isn't that far away, um, this is a good little thing to go with it because the nice thing about this book is it breaks it into seasonal sections. So if you get it for the holidays, you can go to the January, February. I'm not sure how they break up all of it. Um, but to that or first few months of the year, and you can see what constellations are up at that time. And this is a good way of navigating uh, through beginning the constellations and getting to know the night skies. Yes, having an app on your phone is nice, um, but I like to use them in tandem. So what's good about the book is you can take a look at that. You can explore that during the day. You can get some information about uh, what's up in the sky and then if you need some assistance by the telescope you know your phone or your smart device is going to be more convenient because it's all there and you can use an app but 
you can kind of get an idea of what things you want to observe by looking and having these reference materials with you. So turn left at Orion is like a staple um, for beginner uh, books. It really just covers the night sky and the understandings of the night sky. So um, if you're looking for something to get somebody, this should go with Oma. I wish we could actually pair these these books in the first section here. Um, I almost wish we could, you know, slap them in with telescopes. I think they're like a must. So, um, but this is great, especially if you have a Dobsonian telescope. Uh, Turn left at Orion is a really nice companion to have with that. So uh, that's our first book. The second book, and these are not in any rhyme or order. Um, they all work really well. Uh, the next one, which is probably one that one of the two that we recommend the most at Skywatcher to any people calling in who want to get something for their telescope, uh, Night Watch uh, by Terrence Dickinson is fantastic. And the thing about Night Watch that's really cool is it's an easy read. It's broken up into sections, but the unique thing about these next two books that we're going to talk about and Night Watch is. It doesn't just talk about the night sky. The night sky, of course, is very important. Understanding the constellations and how to navigate around the sky is important. But the nice thing about Night Watch is it breaks down the telescope fundamentals too. So you can understand what eyepieces are or what a Dobsonian is or why a refractor is this way. Um, it actually goes into the equipment side. So it's a good way to answer some questions you might have or maybe if you're interested in getting a telescope maybe sitting down and reading through some of the equipment sections of night watch is a good research thing because there's a ton of information online which is great but sometimes you you just need to kind of cut away from the opinions on a lot of things and just kind of get the facts of it and night watch does a very nice job at doing that um, it's easy to digest um, it's broken up into very easy sections that cover all the basic fundamentals from equipment to basic night sky astronomy. Um, and this is something that I think every astronomer should have in their library. It's just a reference. Um, if you ever have friends who are getting started in astronomy, this is an awesome book to loan them. Or maybe you have someone who's interested in getting a telescope uh, for a child or something like that. This would be a fun book to put along with that. Um, so I would always recommend this book. Um, this is one of two books that we recommend at Skywatcher pretty much all the time. We have them in our library here and it's, it's not that expensive. I don't know how much these are going for, but, um, but it's a very, very good book. Now the, the next book is actually also by Terrence Dixon. Um, and I feel that this one is kind of the ultimate beginner book because it dives into everything into detail. It's almost uh, like an expanded version of Night Watch. And that, of course, is the Backyard Astronomer's Guide. Um, and this is by Terrence Dickinson and Alan Dyer. Um, and both of, those, both of those gentlemen are very good amateur astronomers. Um, you can find their work all over the internet. Um, this particular book is probably the one I recommend the most. Um, it's a thick book. 
I have it right here. Um, it's almost twice the thickness, maybe not quite as uh, Night Sky um, or Night Watch. But the cool thing about this book is it covers everything in so much detail. You know, you have light pollution, eyepieces, you know, how a Newtonian works, you know, how to purchase your first telescope, really what to look for. It's crazy how much information. This is the third edition. I wouldn't be surprised if a fourth edition would be coming out soon because, um, well, I mean, when did this one come that long than I thought but um, this book is excellent um, probably 2008 wow um, maybe there is a new one coming I don't know maybe there's a fourth edition coming but uh, this book right here is the ultimate guide if you want to get into astronomy and you don't know anything about telescopes or what to do um, we have this book is worth the investment. They're about 50 bucks, I think. Um, somewhere in there, it's a bit more expensive, but this is a, this is a, let me just expand this really quick so you guys can see. This is a big book um, and it's got tons of information. It's a hard bound book. Um, this right here is really my personal choice. If you're gonna get started in astronomy, or you're looking to buy a telescope. I have a lot of people who email us and they're like, I wanna get a telescope, what should I get? Horrible question, by the way. Um, I wouldn't say a horrible question, but it's a big question. And if you're gonna ask someone, especially someone who works in technical support like myself, what telescope I should get, um, that leaves a lot of variables that have not been addressed. This book, really dives into all the questions you're gonna have. Um, and it's really, really helpful on almost every aspect to it. There's a lot of times when I'm doing these webcasts, I refer back to this. Um, that's why it's all kind of banged up on the back. I take this to outreach events too, um, which is really cool. If, uh, if you do outreach or when the world returns to normal and you're gonna do outreach again, carry a couple of these books in like a bin and if someone's like, hey, I'm thinking about this or that, you can bring these out and show them. Um, I have these on a table with a lot of my information. I just lay them out and let people check them out um, and look at them. But uh, this is a great book and I'm totally missing all of my little um, that I've got here. But let me shrink myself down again. There we go. Um, so yeah, the Backyard Astronomer's Guide is pretty much, I think, the ultimate beginner book. Um, we have both this and Night Watch, um, as well as Turn Left at Orion. They all cover a lot of the same things. Turn Left at Orion is more about the night sky itself, where Night Watch and Backyard Astronomer's Guide are more about the fundamentals of telescopes. Um, but this one's more detailed, and that's why I like it a lot more. Um, and it really does allow you to kind of get your head around much of the subjects. Um, if like if you don't know what a finder finder uh, scope is or a focuser or why you should get a Dobsonian. I know for beginners that's probably using this book will really help uh, break all that down and it's totally worth it and you'll be so glad you got this book. Um, it's You can get it from pretty much any telescope store. Amazon sells them. 
Um, but I wish I could show you more about this book, uh, but it's something you really should just see in person because it's, it's fantastic. Um, so that's the beginner books. Now, before everybody jumps on me, there are dozens, dozens of amazing books out there. And obviously in an hour, we just don't have enough time to cover all of that. So these are just the ones that I've recommended to people. This is what I find works really well. Um, but obviously I couldn't get to everything. Um, so, so those are the beginner books. So after you've become familiar with your telescope or you are out observing, the next question is what, what should I get next? And of course we have a lot of those apps that are available now like uh, Sky Safari is fantastic, um, Stellarium. You have all these really cool apps in your phone. So a lot of people think having like little uh, atlases and charts in the field might not be worth it anymore. Uh, I still have a couple of them that I bring out as reference. Um, so the nice thing about some of the books when you're referencing deep sky objects is they have a lot more uh, room to go into more vast detail about certain objects. So uh, these are the chart books that I like to use. Uh, the first one is this, these are a set of books and there's a couple of them that are made by uh, SkySpot. SkySpot right there. Um, these are laminated, uh, spiral bound books they're they're not very big so they're made to be taken into the field um, and there's a collection of them and the first one is bright telescope object these are all by brent watson um, and these are called spot finder charts now the cool thing about these are they're they are laminated on all the pages um, so it's they're it won't get affected by dew because we all know what that does um, you can actually write on them so if you've got like a little uh, dry erase marker you could write notes on that um, I've done that before don't use red ink I found that out when I was really new to this if you have laminated books and you write all your fantastic notes and little documentations in red ink and you light that up with a red light it's invisible so don't do it so uh, do something else like green uh, so these are really cool books. They're not too small. They're pretty inexpensive. You can get them from pretty much anywhere. Um, like I said, they're spiral bound. They're laminated. Um, what these are cool for is they have Telrad uh, markers on them. And if you have a Telrad on your telescope, you can basically match that up to the star charts that you see down here on there. And it gives you some cool information about that object as well so knowing the night sky is very helpful and these books um, are helpful and there's a couple different versions uh, but there's the information right there if you're looking for them um, I found these on multiple telescope uh, dealer websites so they're pretty easy to track down um, but let us just go through the collection that they make so the first one is bright telescope objects this covers a lot of the popular deep sky objects that are up in the nighttime sky so um, 
This one's cool if you're just getting into astronomy. Maybe you just got a Dobsonian and you want to start finding some of your first objects. Uh, the bright telescopic objects is a good um, From there, uh, we have the Messier objects, volume one and two. Uh, if you ever want to do a Messier marathon and you're new to astronomy, these are probably the next set I would get, or you could even get this with the bright telescopic objects because this will cover all 110 of the Messier catalog. Like I said, it's volume one and two. Um, volume one covers M1 to M55. So you've got M1, the crab nebulas in there. A lot of the summertime objects is in volume one, like the Griffith and the Lagoon uh, nebulas, uh, M13. Um, the Dumbbell Nebula, so a lot of really cool ones in there, and Orion Nebula is in there. Um, and then Volume 2 covers M56 um, on up, so you get a lot of your Virgo cluster galaxies are in Volume 2. <coughs> Excuse me. And moving up into some of the wintertime objects um, are in there as well. Um, so they, they generally are sold together. You can't buy them separately I'm using. Something like that. Um, the next one is Select Double Stars. This covers a collection of 49 popular double stars. I'm not a double star person, sorry, um, but I have friends of mine who are really into double stars. What's cool about double stars, especially if you're new and you're watching this, they're not as affected by light pollution. So if you want a challenge and you're looking to split stars that are challenging and you're limited by your light polluted locations, um, double stars can be a fun thing too. Um, I have some friends of mine that are really into double stars. They live in Los Angeles, um, not far from LAX. I've been to their house, airport lights. The sky is orange, like it's literally orange. So you're not going to see crap from there. But he's really into double stars. And double stars are generally bright enough to where your telescope will be able to see them. And some of them are quite challenging. So I definitely see the appeal. Um, if you are looking for a challenge and you are limited on your location, double stars can be a cool thing to look at. So uh, this is a cool selection. Like I said, 49 popular double stars uh, worth taking at. My personal favorite out of all of them um, is the overlooked objects, which I've got right here. I've had this thing for God knows how long. Um, I got this when I was just, just getting serious about astronomy, so a while. Um, but the overlooked objects is a really neat one because it starts to jump off into some of the more advanced targets. Um, for example, this is, um, where is it? Uh, the brightest globular club. I'm sorry, not that. Brightest quasar in the nighttime sky, 3C273, which is in Virgo. Um, this was the book that showed me how to find it. And it's a challenge to see it. And uh, you need about 10 inch telescope. But this book right here was the one that helped me find that. So, um, as well as some other objects like that covers the Veil Nebula and some really cool. More challenging targets, which are still doable in moderate-sized telescopes. The overlooked objects are a really, really good addition. Um, yeah. 
I do know that the bright sky object, the bright telescopic objects book of these is more difficult to find. Um, you can find these on the used market. Some people like to sell them, um, but uh, you can still get these out there. Look for them. Uh, but those are awesome books. Uh, the next one is the Pocket Sky Atlas. And uh, this one is, there's actually two versions of it. And uh, the nice thing about the original one, the blue cover, the actual Pocket Sky Atlas, is it's really small. Um, I think it's only nine inches on the binding side. And it's, the cool thing about this book is it's designed to bring objects for telescopes between four and eight inch. So most beginner telescopes, this book has been, they've gone through and they've picked the objects that best fit uh, telescopes of that size. So this is a really nice complimentary uh, book to have. Um, if you're looking for something that kind of dives into a collection of different things, it's got star charts in there. Um, but they've they've kind of left out maybe some of the fainter objects, um, especially when you get into like the Virgo cluster where there's a lot of faint galaxies in there. It can be, if you're new and you're looking in that section, there's a lot of stuff in there. And there might be a lot of stuff in there that you, your telescope isn't going to get. So Pocket Sky Atlas has been nice because they kind of scrubbed out some of that stuff and they focused on things that are easily obtainable in beginner and moderate sized amateur telescopes. So uh, the Pocket Sky Atlas is great. Now, if you want a bigger version of it, they have the Pocket Sky Atlas Jumbo Edition. Um, this is a larger uh, book, obviously. The This one's got a couple advantages. Number one, it's got larger print. So if you're out in a dim location and you're using those faint red flashlights, uh, the, the Jumbo Edition is bigger. Um, it's also got a better binding, so it's really made to be in the field um, a little bit more and kind of spread out on the tables. Uh, so that's really kind of cool. Um, so this is the Pocket Sky Atlas, and these are available all over the place. Um, you can pick which one you want. You can get the little one with the blue cover, or you can get the jumbo edition that's the burgundy cover. So uh, definitely a cool one to check out. Uh, the next one is Uranometria 2000 All-Sky Edition. Uh, Uranometria, for any of my hardcore astronomers who are floating out there right now, this was like the ultimate book. And it's actually, it's not a book, it's three volumes. Um, the original was three volumes, uh, one, two, and three. We have one, two, and then three is a field guide that kind of references other all the objects other two versions um, this is pretty much what your apps that you use a lot probably dug a lot of information from this book um, this was obviously updated though uh, now it's Uranometria 2000 deep sky edition they've kind of combined everything into one huge book um, this says so much stuff in it there's uh 30,000 deeps there's more than 30,000 deep sky objects in the book so uh crazy how much stuff is in here uh this is more of what i would call a reference book if you're kind of charting 
uh, to look for certain things. This would be a reference book for that. I wouldn't bring one of these into the field. Uh, they're just big and they're hefty. Um, but it has a massive collection of objects and it's, uh, it's just one of those fantastic books that many people have had. Um, and now they've got both. You've got the matching field guide edition that goes with it. So uh, this is uh, published by Wilman Bell. Um, they have a lot of astronomy books that we're gonna be covering today. Um, but this was always considered one of the ultimate books. Um, I don't see them too often anymore, but if you're looking for something that's a major reference, this, these are really, really nice. Uh, they also work with the Sky Atlas 2000, which was like a really big version of these laminated books. Um, I don't think they're in print anymore, so you'd have to find one of those. Uh, again, this is the reason why um, you don't see a lot of this. So, but uh, a lot of stuff in Uranometria. Yeah, Jeff's right in the comments. You're gonna need a big telescope and a lot of time to be able to see everything that's in this book. So. Uh, that'll keep you busy. Uh, handbooks is the next section. And handbooks is, handbooks I would say is a lot like the, the books we just covered, but these are where they get more specific on certain objects um, for the most part. The first set in here, and pretty much every amateur astronomer I know has at least had a collection of these, is the Burnham's Celestial Hand. Um, this is a three-volume set. Um, this was uh, written by Robert Burnham Jr. And uh, Burnham was an amateur astronomer who had so much passion when he planed the night sky. And when you read through these books, you feel really how much passion that he has for astronomy. Um, it's almost spiritual in a way um, it's these are very unique uh, books um, they go into a lot of the basic deep sky objects so it's a very good reference for all the books out uh, all the targets and different objects that you want to see but just the way Robert wrote and how he kind of spilled his uh, method onto these pages and the writing in here it's something that's very special if you want to read that, um, these are really awesome. You can still come by them. Um, you can find them used all over the place. I think I've had two or three sets myself uh, that have kind of come and gone, but these are um, really awesome books. And what's special about these is it kind of hits that emotional nerve that I think a lot of us probably have deep down. It's like, we all love this hobby a lot, but the way he writes it really hits that chord um, where this is something really special. So um, awesome, awesome books, three volumes, um, definitely worth checking out those as well. All right, if you are a deep sky observer and you really enjoy going on then um, this next set of books is probably worth taking a look at. This is Annals of Deep Sky by the uh, 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 authors are down below, but this is published by Wilma Bell. Uh, there is seven volumes of this 
uh, collection. They're about 25 bucks each. So to collect them all, it's a little bit much, but um, here's all seven of them. Uh, the reason why there's seven of them is because it breaks it up into constellations per book. Um, like volume one is Andromeda and Aquarius and uh, several other constellations and so on and so forth. But what's really crazy about these books is they take a deep, deep dive into the objects that are listed in this book, broken up by constellation. Um, this tells you so much information about um, these deep sky objects, like what telescope was used to originally observe it, um, details about it, so much stuff. So if you're really into deep sky targets and you want to basically impress your friends about your background knowledge of those uh, objects, uh, these right here would probably be the ultimate set to have. Um, but these are amazing um, books right there because there's so much information. In, and obviously there's so much information that there are seven freaking books of these things um, covering a wide variety of objects from really oddball galaxies to nebulas to clusters. Um, there's so much stuff past the Messier catalog. Um, you're just getting started in this. The Messier catalog is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many weird and cool things you can observe out there um, that having an understanding of those objects with books like this or doing your research on it, um, it can be difficult to actually start to learn about objects when they get further and more exotic and fainter. So having books like this to reference those objects are really get out into the deep end of the pool, if you will. Um, these are awesome books you can reference. So uh, these are from Wilman Bell. Um, usually what happens is one person will get one volume and they'll get hooked on it and they'll start collecting the rest of the set. So um, definitely something to look into if you're really into deep sky viewing. Um, the next one, the next set, it's also by Wilman Bell. And this is the Night Sky Observer's Guide. Uh, there are four volumes. Uh, you have the first two are probably the ones, at least up here in the Northern Hemisphere, that most of us would look into. Uh, you've got volume one, which covers autumn and winter. Volume two comes, covers spring and summer. And if you're really into deep sky viewing and you want to kind of maximize what those beginner books were showing you like turn left at Orion this is like a deep dive off of that um, this covers like everything that you could want to see up there um, real thick books I don't have my copies out right now but um, these are awesome books to have uh, some friends of mine that keep these in their car uh, so when they're out viewing crazy amounts of reference material in there to check out so something worth taking a look at uh, volume three if you live in the southern hemisphere or you have the luxury of going to the southern hemisphere that covers the southern skies uh, dive out there and then volume four volume four is actually new um, I haven't had a chance to see volume four yet but this 
Um, if you're really into viewing things in the Milky Way, my understanding of Volume 4 is it gets really in-depth about all those objects that are hiding inside of the Milky Way, um, like really in-depth. So I might have to pick up Volume 4, um, but these are, if you're looking for the ultimate books that break up by season, uh, the Night Sky Observer's Guide is probably um, and for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, you'd probably want Volume 1, 2, and 4. Uh, your collection, if you like collecting them, 1, 2, 3. So, something to check out. Definitely worth, uh, worth it if you're into deep sky. We're actually flying through today. We're almost done, actually. Um, this Now, I, I realize there's probably a bunch of books that I've probably skipped. Um, we only have an hour. And there's a bajillion books out there. Um, you can always Google good astronomy books and stuff will come up. Um, all the major magazines out there have great info on books. They themselves have great info in them. So if you're looking for literature, a lot of these are definitely something to take a look at um, for your astronomy library. The next section we're about to go into, the books are rare and uh, we'll, we'll just get into it. and we're going to talk about rare books because there's two books three books um that i've had the pleasure either either owning them or um seeing them and i think it's really cool that people at least know about them um these are crazy elaborate stuff at this point and there's a lot of people that don't know about these books um, but they're really cool and the nice thing about these two sets of books we're going to cover here is that they are documented online so if you can't get your hands on one um, you can at least see them and still reference uh, the first one is the is a book called the atlas of andromeda galaxy the atlas of the andromeda galaxy um, i have a copy of this book it's kind of in storage at the moment i was hoping to find it um, before this these are very hard to find um, usually if you want one um, there's two places you can find these you can either find them online uh, used from a book collector or you can go to an observatory and uh, ask to open their book vault and find it um, the Atlas of the Andromeda Galaxy is exactly that. It's a full detailed atlas of M31, the Andromeda Galaxy. You can see right here just how detailed we're talking about. This documents clusters, uh, nebulas, and uh, other structures that actually exist inside of M31. So um, if you're imaging M31, crazy detail and you want to know where the globular clusters inside of M31 are or you're a deep sky observer and you've got a big telescope and you're, you want to really take it to the next level um, this right here is something that gets really crazy um, this has uh, this actually compiles 45 plate images from the uh, Kitt Peak uh, 4 meter Mayall telescope where they actually did a survey of the entire Andromeda galaxy, a four meter telescope. Um, and they built up this book and each 
a section of the book documents a different plate from that. So, uh, if you want to really get ridiculous with being specialized on something, this book is really cool to find. Um, I think I bought mine like 10 years ago for like 90 bucks. The last one I saw go for, I think it was like 150 to almost $200, depending on the condition. Um, but if you don't want to deal with the book, and it's not a very big book, it's thin. Real thin, it's just a blue book with real pretty silver um, indentation text on the front. Um, it is documented online uh, where you can see all the plates. And at the end of this, I'll actually uh, take the link and I'll put it down in the description for this video. Um, but I've got it right here. Over. This is the website um, right up here if you want to document that real quick. But this is the Atlas of the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, and you've got charts and all that on here. Um, this is, like I said, this is where things get um, a little ridiculous when you're trying to specialize in an object this much. Um, there's all the plates. But um, if you're into imaging and you're doing high resolution work, um, this can help document where a lot of those clusters are and a lot of the structures are um, for this. So that is the Atlas of the Andromeda Galaxy. If you ever have the pleasure of finding one or seeing one, it's a cool little book. That's um, not the most impressive book in the world. It's tiny, um, but it's, it's just crazy. You don't normally see an object uh, done in that detail, but Andromeda is a host to a lot of really cool things that you can actually see in a telescope. I've seen some of the globular clusters in there before, and you really want to impress your friends on the observing field that are looking at M13, and you want to look at globulars in Andromeda, two and a half million light years away, um, having an atlas like this, or at least the plate images of this, and be helpful to document certain details. Uh, the last book we're gonna talk about today, I personally feel is the holy grail of uh, vintage astronomy books. Incredibly rare, there's only 700 of them that were ever printed. Um, I've only seen one set of them, um, and that is the Photographic Atlas of Selected Regions of the Milky Way. Um, this is done by Edward Emerson Barnard. If you're not familiar with Mr. Barnard, I'm sure you've seen some of his dark nebulas up in time sky, the B or Barnard dark nebulas. Um, that was done by him. And what is cool about this is uh, back in the late 1800s, 1900s, uh, Barnard was up on several observatories in California uh, taking wide field pictures of the night sky with a really specialized 10 inch telescope. Um, I think he had a 13 inch well, um, but he was using glass plates and he was documenting different regions of the Milky Way. He was one of the forefathers of modern day astrophotography. Um, so if you're into astrophotography, you should really research E.E. Uh, e. Barnard is what he did um but he wrote a book and this is an atlas documenting all those images that he shot um it comes in two books uh, there's only 700 of these that were ever printed 
and this was printed in the late or i'm sorry mid 1920s late 1920s they're old books antique books um what's cool is if you look right here they have these large prints these are big books too so these prints are almost like almost 10 by 10 um, is they have these uh, prints that were made from the original glass plates shot through the telescope. Now, why is this unique? Um, because E.E. E. Barnard himself hand-selected each print to put in each, each uh, book. So the astronomer himself has handled these books. He chose those images to be in that copy. Um, so it's it's really crazy um one thing about these objects the dark nebulas and they're up this time of year when the milky way is up you need the heavy star field um but the dark nebulas are in there you i have a lot of people out there who are imaging with small telescopes you've got an 80 millimeter or uh, a hyperstar or a rasa system and you're shooting a lot of the popular targets that are up there, like the Lagoon or the Triffid or the Veil Nebula, or you know, select a bunch of stuff up there. Try tuning your telescope to some of the regions in the Milky Way and seeing some of these dark nebulas. These are really cool areas of the sky, lots of structure, really faint filaments. Um, it's just a very different play than on the super saturated images that are coming out right now. Um, dark nebulas are a very different world and are often forgotten for astrophotography um, and if you're a beginner they're not that difficult to catch and you can do it in a small telescope now if you are a wealthy book collector and you want to find one of these uh, you can generally find the two books together for somewhere between five and eight thousand dollars is what these go for now I myself don't have one of those uh, the books right here that you see are from a um, gentleman who was able to get these um, the only books that I've seen on hand are at McDonald Observatory in their vault where you have to ask nicely to see them um, but this is documented online just like uh, the Atlas of the Andromeda Galaxy you can go to this website right here uh, there's the telescopes that uh, Barnard used, um, and you can actually take a look at um, what plates. So you can document, it's broken down by each section. If you wanna see the plate images, you can go there and search um, by all the regions. So like here's Scorpio, we'll say go. Here's that plate. And you can see the writing on there. Um, gives you all the information on there that you might need the scale. Uh, these are huge like 10 inch plates So the field of view is crazy um, But this is where you can see that um, So that's all documented online plate 15 um, and the book so that that can be helpful right there um, If you don't want that and you want a chance to own a book, they did reprint this book um, 2000 not that long ago but they, they made a new version of it um, you can get this on Amazon uh, they have a Kindle version which isn't too expensive uh, the printed version is a hardback book it's a pretty good size book I think they go for like 150 or 180 dollars so it's a 
is an expensive book, but it's a big book and covers a really, really rare uh, collection or really, really rare uh, two volume set books that most of us will probably never get our hands on. So um, very cool, uh, rare book. So um, that's pretty much it today. That's, uh, I know there's a ton of books out there. Uh, if you guys have any questions, um, you're welcome to answer them now. Um, I know we talked primarily about books. There's dozens of books I probably didn't get to. Um, I know Sue French, um, she has some amazing books out there that you can check out. Um, but there's so many good books out there um, that are worth checking out. The whole fundamental point of today's webcast was really to show the importance of having astronomy literature in your library. And, you know, these books are valuable. Um, to expand your knowledge of the night sky and your understanding of how things work and while we have the internet we have smart devices I'm all about those I love technology myself but I do find that having a small set of books to reference is never a bad thing and one awesome thing about a book is that if your power ever goes out or your battery dies in the field you don't have to stop just because your go-to telescope stopped. Understanding how the night sky um, works is a huge asset. Um, if you use go-to telescopes, I have a lot of people call in. They're like, oh, I don't want to learn the sky. I don't have time for it. I'm just going to buy a go-to telescope. That's all well and good, but knowing the night sky is helpful. Um, it tells you Tells you when your telescope's not pointing the right way or when something's not looking correct knowing just the basics about the sky is important and uh, if that's not something you want to get into you're the one who picked the hobby not me so um, I already know this and a lot of people in here know this so um, having a good set of books at home is a worthy investment if you're just getting started want to know what a good accessory is um, eyepieces are always nice filters are great there we all have our collection but having a good book to at least give you the fundamental understandings of equipment the night sky is uh, invaluable and as technology has gotten bigger and bigger that fades away but you know as apps have come and gone and I've used them over the years. Uh, the one thing that's really stayed true for a lot of my stuff are these books. I've had these, for, this one I've had for over 10 years. Um, I have books that are stored that are still out there and one day I'll have them back here in the library or something. But um, yeah, so don't don't blow off a book. And if, if, if you reach out and you don't know what telescope to get, go get a book. Um, it's not that we don't want to help you, but there's there's so many variables you have to cover when you're just getting into astronomy, and there's so many options out there that if you walk up to someone in a store or you call them on the phone, you're like, hey, I want to get into astronomy. What telescope should I get? It tells us that you haven't put any research or effort into looking, and that's not super helpful for us or you. 
So if you really want to get into the hobby and you want to do it right, just a minimal amount of uh, investment on your end uh, as far as researching what's what can be helpful. And that can be helpful to getting you the right set of equipment and to the right area that you want to go. And that way, when you finally step out under a night sky and you're ready to observe, you know what you're doing. Um, and you're not wasting your time. Um, I've had a lot of people come out where they've bought telescopes, they have no idea what they're doing. Um, astronomy is a great hobby. I think it's one of the best hobbies. It's a humbling hobby. It really puts you in your place. Um, I'm a lifer for this, so this is just me speaking passionately about it. But, you know, just take time, especially right now when no one's going anywhere. Take some time, grab a book, sit down, read it, go out and explore something for yourself. So um, you can always use your apps. Um, obviously, lugging out an entire library is not realistic when you're going to a dark sky site. So those apps and the tablet work hand in hand with your books. But uh, invest some money into those books. So um, definitely worthwhile. So anyway, that wraps up today. Um, next week, we actually have... So if you guys haven't figured out, the last week of every month that we do this is our special guest um, uh, presentation. Um, next week we actually have, um, I'm excited about this anyway, is uh, Mike Michael Lockwood of uh, Lockwood Custom Optics. Um, if you don't know who Mike Lockwood is, um, I am cutting his... There we go. Um, if you've never heard about Mike Lockwood, Mike is a master optician. Um, he owns uh, Lockwood Custom Optics out in Illinois. Um, he is more of an artist in any way, shape, and form, but he is a master at making fast Newtonian uh, mirrors. And we're talking about 20-inch F3s and uh, 32 inch you know f 3.3s and i know he has like a 14 and a half i think it's an f 2.5 just stupid fast things um so if this is going to be a unique look at the very pinnacle of newtonians this is obviously far out of what we do at Skywatcher, but when you're ready to buy your dream telescope you need someone to make the mirror Mike is someone you should definitely consider. And uh, I'm really excited that he's going to give us some of his time next week. So um, do join us next week. Um, we're going to have, like I said, Mike Lockwood's going to be here. And we're going to be learning about how he does what he does and his thoughts on fast optics, which is really the new revolution in the Dobsonian world. Um, no longer do you need ladders um, to look through these massive telescopes. Actually, the telescope you see him standing next to, that is his 20-inch F3, um, could sit down using a 20-inch. Um, so really cool stuff. Uh, join us next week, 10 a.m. again, uh, Pacific Time, here on the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. Um, if you like what you see, you can always subscribe to the channel. Um, that's the most YouTube thing on earth. But if you subscribe, it's going to tell you when the videos are coming up and uh, what what other things that come up. First to know that. 
Um, so we'll be excited about that. So that's next week. And uh, again, thanks for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed the uh, books, charts, and et cetera episode. Um, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, um, shoot us an email at support at skywatcherusa.com. Uh, be happy to look into it. Um, if you do recommend a topic, it might take some time for us to research those topics and make an episode around that, but we'll try our best to do that. Um, if there's any questions that pop up into your head that I missed, go ahead and email us at support at skywatcherusa.com. Just write what's up webcast up there. Um, but thanks again. Uh, thank you all for coming. And uh, we will see you all next week. So clear skies. Uh, go check out the comet if you still have a chance to see it. Um, it's still looking good. It's up in the uh, northwest sky just after sunset definitely worth a chance to go see it so thanks again and we will see you all next week take care